Welcome to the First Mass Podcast. Today we're joined by Pastor Brooke Thomas as she's starting off a sermon series titled The Kingdom of God Is out of Matthew chapter 13. Let's listen in to her amazing sermon as she shares. Morning. Good morning. That metric is always funny. Um, usually the conversation is about that way. Yeah, Brooke's been gone like 15 years, 20 years. We don't even remember anymore. On the other side, I'm here for two weeks. But if you ask anyone in Brazil, they say, yeah, she's been gone for months. We don't even know when she's going to come back. But um, it's good to be here. Uh, good to be here uh, for these couple weeks. And since I was just here. I don't know if you remember. I was just here at the very end of last year, so I wanted to start um, just with some updates. I don't have a lot of updates because I haven't been gone that long, Um, but I was able to share with you in December and asked for a couple, three specific prayer requests. Some of you have been keeping in contact with me about those, Um, so I wanted to thank you for praying and um, let you know. I think the first one is is English classes. Um, This is a project we've been kind of praying over and and planning for for the past year, um, and something we're still in that process of of planning and preparing for. Uh, This trip was supposed to be longer. I was supposed to get here sooner and leave later, so we weren't really sure how to plan for these English classes that we began doing at the beginning of this year. Um, Didn't think we'd have that long to really develop it, so we just kind of started and said, by word of mouth, we're doing these English classes. Come, invite your friends. And it's been really fun. Uh, we have about 10 students, six of whom are from our local church, and four are not yet, but will be a part of our, our local church. And it's been uh, just a delight to get to serve them and love on them in these English classes. And again, ask for your continued prayer. Um, we're in looking to be in contact with some of the elementary schools and high schools in our neighborhood to continue developing these English classes throughout this year. Uh, The other prayer request I'd ask you for was um, our city has these, um, and not just our city, but most of Brazil, has this culture of of soccer where um, young high school, college age uh, young men, boys, will come to train and play in a certain city and then often go to other cities or go back home. And it's just this process of seeing who's the best of the best and who's going on to the next best team and who's going on who's going to professionals. Um, But we've been able to connect with some of these teams that are in our city. It's kind of a transitory thing because we only have them for a soccer season and then they're going somewhere else. Um, But we asked you to prank that. We were able to connect with another team in January and February. And it's been awesome to get to know them a little bit better and ask that you would continue to pray. <laughs> uh, we're having some difficulties with communication with their, their coaches and trainers. Um, so just that that would kind of work out and we'd be able to invest more and more in these, in these young lives. Um, and the third thing we're going to get to in just a little bit. So I'm going to ask you to just to continue to be in communication with me um, as I said, some of you have already been doing that with asking me about how these things are going, how these projects are going. You can always reach me through through Facebook is the easiest way. Um, but some of you also have have my email address for some other things. Thank you for, for continuing to be in, in communication with me. I love it. Um, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to read God's Word this morning. We are starting a new series of sermons. Um, 
on Matthew 13. So we're going to read just the first nine verses. Uh, we're going to read it in two weird. I'm going I'm to read it in two different versions. So this is the NIV first. It's just verses one through nine. Um, and then if it's okay with you guys, before we pray, I'm going to read it again, verses one through nine, in NIV in Portuguese. Is that okay? We're going to do it first in English. It's just NIV. Um, you can follow along in your Bible, verses one through nine. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Then we're going to read Mateus 13, 1 a 9. Naquele mesmo dia, Jesus saiu de casa e assentou-se à beira mar. Reuniu-se ao seu redor uma multidão tão grande que, por isso, ele entrou num barco e assentou-se. Ao povo reunido na praia, Jesus falou muitas coisas por parábolas, dizendo, o semeador saiu a semear. Enquanto lançava a semente, parte dela caiu à beira do caminho, e as aves vierem e a comerem. Parte dela caiu em terreno... Uh, good job, switching over. Parte dela caiu em terreno pedregoso, onde não havia muita terra, e logo brotou porque a terra não era profunda. Mas quando saiu o sol, as plantas se queimaram e secaram, porque não tinha raiz. Outra parte caiu entre espinhos e cresceram e sufocaram as plantas. Outra ainda caiu em boa terra, deu boa colheita, a cem, sessenta e trinta por um. Aquele que tem ouvidos para ouvir, ouça. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for these stories that have been passed down to us through your word, God. And we pray that we would have ears to hear what you have to speak to us this morning. I pray that you would use my voice, um, that you would go beyond everything I have to say, to touch our hearts in new ways, God, and that you would do a new thing in us, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, this is the first, this is the parable of the soils. Um, it's the first parable of about eight in this chapter. And like I said, this is a new sermon series. Um, so I'm starting off this week. I think Pastor Becca is going to continue next week. And then Pastor Paul will be continuing through uh, chapter 13 of Matthew. All of these parables are about the kingdom of God. And um, Jesus had to teach them and us what the kingdom of God is like, because it's not like other kingdoms that we know or other societies or systems of authority and hierarchy that we're used to. Um, at the end of chapter 12, we see Jesus teaching his disciples, and his family is trying to get in touch with him, trying to find where he is. They find where he is. They're trying to get his attention, trying to talk with him, and other people are getting close and saying, Jesus, your family's here. You got to stop what you're doing. Got to go talk to them. And he says, who are my family? These people, pointing to his disciples, are my family. 
Um, he shocked them by saying, whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, they are my brother and sister and mother. And Jesus challenged them to see differently, see themselves, um, see their role in society differently. They've been used to these are hierarchical families and what's important and what's a priority and saying, we're going to change that. You guys are citizens of a new kingdom. You're citizens of the kingdom of my father things work a little differently. Not to say my biological family is no longer important, but I'm going to care for and respect and honor my biological family and my church family and the poor and the marginalized of society and my enemies and just continues to grow. And uh, we need to be able to make this shift. And it's a process. A lot of us have been a part of, of this church family and this different culture. But we still live in another culture that's constantly trying to take our eyes off of Jesus. And so we have these parables to continue to draw our attention towards what is important. What are our priorities as citizens of the kingdom of heaven? This first parable is a little bit different. Because instead of saying the other parables that you'll see, all start with, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And it paints a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like. This first one is, like we just read, God goes out to sow seed. And it's teaching how are we going to receive that seed. That seed that is this new truth, this new way of living. Are we going to receive it? Are we going to reject it? Are we going to let it grow and shape our lives? Um, This first type that we see, um, we have the temptation to see four types of soil, okay? We have these four options, four different people. I'm just going to find myself. That's who I am. That's where I am, like some sort of personality test. I'm in my category. You're in your category. We are all different types of people. Um, I would encourage you to think about this parable differently this morning, that instead of this is just finding yourself Finding where all of these types of soil are in you. Because what happens when we say, which type of soil am I? Well, which type of soil do you want to be? Oh, I'm the good soil. Oh, great. Done. We'll move on. We don't even need to talk about it because I'm the good soil. Um, you have good soil. I don't want to say, I don't want to skip over, well, I, you know, I know that I have God in me. I know that I'm seeing God's work in me, so I must be good soil. You have good soil. You're here today. That means that God has called you to come here. God has called you to be investing in your relationship with him. And you've received that. And it's grown and given fruit. You have good soil. Probably you also have other types of soil. And if we focus too much on, man, God's doing this, God's doing this. I don't need to pay attention to that other area. I can leave that other thing alone. We don't grow in a healthy way. We don't grow in a well-rounded way, the way that God wants to be working and growing in us. Um, I don't know if any of your yards are like that. I don't have to include myself in this. I live in an apartment. I don't have a yard. (laughs) We have tried to grow so many plants. Our apartment is so full of dead plants. I can't even begin (laughs) to tell you. Um, So I, I guess I do need to include myself in this. But maybe your yard is like that. You have, you know... The patches that are well-watered, well-maintained, and that other part around the side of the house that's full of junk that you don't need to look at. And we know that the longer we leave those things sitting still, 
the more they're just going to accumulate more and more junk. And the more work it's going to take to clear that out, clean it out, make it actually usable. So the question is, what do you want in your life, in your heart? Do you want some places that are just accumulating junk? Or do you want to see what God wants to grow in those places? Not just clean it out, but plant seeds that are going to grow and multiply, what was it, 30, 50, 100 times? God is sowing seeds into our lives, and the more that we can prepare our hearts to receive those, let those things grow, the more we're going to know God, the more we're going to know what he's doing and see him work in and through us. Amen? We're all on the same page? All going to do this together? Awesome. Um, We read verses 1 through 9. Uh, a little later on in the chapter, Jesus comes back and revisits the parable because the disciples are super confused, <laughs> did not get it at all. So we have a little bit more information to shed some more light on what he's teaching us. So we're going to go to Matthew 13, um, verses 18 and 19. Jesus says to his disciples, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Um, The third prayer request that I asked for you guys to be praying with me in December is for this couple. I think we have a picture of them. Their names are Ronnie and Eliani. So there's obviously two couples in this picture. This is myself. Uh, These are our pastors, Ericlea and Marcus. And then um, this couple, Ronnie and Eliani, are a couple that we met through evangelism, last, I think it was about October, um, and they both grew up in church, but they haven't attended church since they got married. Ronnie is a Catholic, Eliani grew up in Protestant church, and um, Ronnie doesn't have any interest in going to the Catholic church, and a lot of hesitation about going to a Protestant church with his, with his new wife. They've been married uh, a little bit over a year um, because he's heard just so many bad testimonies and seen bad testimonies about evangelical Christians, Protestant Christians. Um, and that is that foot traffic that goes over. I think, why don't we go, um, I think there's a picture of the path. So as people are walking over this path and pressing it down, that becomes so hard packed that seeds can't grow there. So that's this hard heart, and we think, oh, hard heart, that's a bad person. It's not a bad person. <laughs> it's just someone who, there's been a lot of traffic come through already. So there's no place for that seed to really work its way in and take root. Um, and as Jesus told us, the enemy knows that even if that seed just stays on the surface, if it keeps, maintains contact with that soil, if that word, that truth of God maintains contact with our heart, it's a good seed. It doesn't need a lot. It's going to work its way in. But those birds are quicker than we are. Being the enemy, being Satan, is quick to distract us, quick to take our minds onto something else, quick to remove that truth from our minds. It doesn't have a chance. And especially when that path has been hardened by hurt, um, hardened by lies, being willing to even maintain contact with God's truth is really challenging. Um, and we, we've been able to see the last just a couple months 
that Ronnie and Eliani have been attending more frequently, we were able to start doing some discipleship, one-on-one discipleship and Bible study with them um, last month, I think, is when we started, which was also just a huge prayer request or a blessing to me because we've been able to do it in my apartment, which is the first time that we've been able to do like weekly ministry in my home. Um, just because of different things that have worked out, it's best for everyone to come meet at, at my place. It's been a huge blessing, been super fun to get to know them better and talk with them um, and just ask you guys to continue to pray for them. Um, this, the last time I was there, we were hearing just some crazy stuff. I've heard some stuff. <laughs> this is some weird stuff of people that work with Ronnie, Christians that work with Ronnie, trying to get him to go to their church, but telling him about the things that are being preached in their churches. These are not Christian, I mean, they're Christian churches, but this is getting into like some cultish um, areas um, and really fear-based legalism, which we see a lot in Brazil. Um, but this, this was a new one for me. This was, um, you need to be wearing uh, dress slacks and a button-up t-shirt, or not t-shirt, sorry, a button-up dress shirt all the time. Because Jesus could come back at any time. If you're in your sweats, if you're in your street clothes, you're going to get left behind. You need to be, you need to sleep in your dress slacks and button-up dress shirt. Because Jesus is going to come back in the middle of the night and you need to be prepared. That's the level of, and this isn't, I mean, this is a guy he works with telling him this a couple months ago. This is just, this is current stuff. And the level of um, truth that needs to be spoken against. Um, And that's just to kind of open up that path. That's just to kind of make some space so that new stuff can get planted in. Um, And unfortunately, uh, we might think, that's like an extreme situation. But because of social media, because of our society, we're getting thrown a bunch of crazy stuff all the time. And sometimes we're used to it. We don't even realize, oh, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> that's not true at all. That's not. But we, we hear it so many times that we think, well, maybe. Or, uh, yeah, I'm going to let that seed grow in my heart instead of what God actually wants to teach me. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting into the thorns and stones already. I'm going to, we're going to come back to the path. (laughs) We will, we will come back around to that in a little bit. Um, so what do we do with a heart that is hardened in this way? And, um, giving an example of these other lives, I want to just remind us that these parables are not about other people. Today, we're not talking about how to evangelize these people. Today, we're not talking about how to reach out to these people with hard hearts, um, because God's doing that, because it's God's good seed that does that. We need to be able to look into our own hearts and see, is there a patch in my heart that has been hardened? Is there a patch in my heart that's been hardened either by bad testimony, by lies, by um, hurts, by traumas? And if we think of this as just a footpath, anything that's walking along and keeping those seeds from taking root is going to create a hard patch in our heart. Um, In uh, this way, the, the seed, God's truth, is like that rototiller that's going to come along and mix up the ground. Um, 
Have any of you ever used a rototiller before? It's a, it's a big thing. <laughs> I've never used it because I don't think I'd even strong enough to, and I don't, maybe they have some more mechanical ones now that are a little easier to use. Um, my experience with rototiller was, is here. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever tried to, or if any of you have ever been over to the volleyball court, the sand pit volleyball court. Have you ever tried to play volleyball like right now, like in April? it's painful. <laughs> and as teens, we're like, oh man, so it's sunny, it's great outside, let's go play volleyball. And you're cutting up your feet, and the last thing you want to do is fall down, because you're going to cut up everything. Because that sand, after being played on all last summer, and walked on all last summer, and then it sits, and the rain, and the snow, and then that evaporates, and you're left with just this concrete. <laughs> and we were never patient enough to wait but in May-ish, our youth pastor would come on with rototiller. And after that, then you kind of have this other problem because it's so loose and so soft. You're sinking into it while you're trying to play volleyball. Um, but that rototiller changes everything. The rototiller is so heavy, though, that if you just push it over the top, you're going to just make the problem worse. Um, if the blades never come into contact with the soil, you're just going to be packing that soil down even further, right? That makes sense? The, the thing that really is going to stir it up is those blades digging into the earth, and it's heavy so that it has that force for the blades to get in, stir things up, make space for roots to dig down deep, make space for seeds to get in deeper. Um, and this, this first type of soil that we're talking about, and I know we're going to get to the other two, has just been weighing on my heart um, as I've been preparing this, this message. Because if we see that God's truth is that rototiller that's going to come along and dig stuff up, going to make lots of space, really fertile soil, so that good seeds can get in and take root and grow. If we're not letting that blade come into contact with our hearts, that same word is just going to keep passing over the surface and packing down and creating a bigger problem than we had before. And where we see this in, in our lives, again, this isn't for other people. This isn't about other people. This is about me. This is about you. We're here every Sunday. If that word is coming just across the surface of your heart, it's hardening your heart even more than it was before, which is so counterintuitive because I think, well, I'm in the right place. I'm listening to the right word. If you're not letting it dig into your life, it's just going to keep packing down that surface harder and harder. And we get so calloused and so accustomed that we think we're in the right place. We think we're doing the right thing. But every time that word comes through, God's word comes through in your small groups, in Sunday school, in your quiet time, if it's never digging in, our hearts are becoming hard and we don't even realize it. Becoming hard through our good practices. Becoming hard through our good habits. But we're just used to letting it wash over, wash away, and continue on its way. And we continue on in ours. We need to think about 
what are the five to 10 minutes like after you leave church, after you walk away from your small group, after your, your quiet time? Because those five, 10, 30 minutes, that's when Satan's taking those seeds away. God's pouring them into your life every single time, multiple times a day, and Satan is right there, <laughs> so, so ready to make sure you're not thinking about it anymore, making sure it doesn't have any chance to dig into your heart. And that's when we walk out of here, we get into the car, and it's arguments about, we went to the grocery store yesterday, we still don't have anything to eat for lunch today, what's going on? Did you hear that song they chose for worship today? Did you hear what that Sunday school teacher said? Hard hearts. Even though we're coming to the right place every single week, if we don't invest that time letting those seeds sink in, we're worse off than we were before. <laughs> we need to be careful about a lot of things. You might be extrapolating this further, but I want to bring you back into if we could take care of that half hour after small group, that half hour after church, that half hour after your quiet time, God's seeds are going to grow so many roots. If we can take care of not mumbling, not getting distracted, not, you're going to need to go do other things, but keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about that word you received. Keep thinking about that truth you received. Because um, seeds take a little bit of time. I can't put it into practice right away if I haven't had some time to meditate on it, think about it, reflect on it, talk about it with other people. You're here with your family, the same people who are going to get in the car with you. They just heard the same message you heard. Talk about it. Doesn't need to be another sermon, but the more we can kind of keep those things in our hearts and our minds, the more we're going to allow that, that edge of the rototiller to really dig in, to really make some space, to really make some changes in our lives. Um, I, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you meditate on that. Go ahead. Yeah. Amen. Um, Philippians four eight through nine says, "Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such." things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Think about such things. Don't leave them here and let excuses or distractions rob you of all the seeds that God wants to see grow and multiply in your life. Um, Matthew 13, 20 and 21 is going to share with us another. And you're going to see how these all kind of bleed together. And like I said, instead of separating these into categories of, oh, well, I'm more of a hard path kind of person. I'm more of a thorny soil kind of person. Recognizing that these all are part of the same field. These are all part of uh, the same yard, the same meadow that is your heart, your relationship with God, your spiritual life. And um, the more that we can really attack these areas and let God do what he wants to do in them, the more that we'll see his growth 
in us. Matthew 13, 20 and 21, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. When we pay attention to the seeds that God is planting in our heart and we're letting him create new space in us, letting him touch new areas of our heart that he hasn't touched in a while, we're going to find some things under the surface. I don't know, again, I've never used rototiller. I can imagine if you're using one of those and you hit a rock, it's not fun. (laughs) It's not a good feeling. Um, But we need to recognize that's going to happen. And that's okay. We need to find those things in order to treat them, in order to let God have his way and have his space in us. Um, This stony ground, these obstacles under the surface, this rocky soil, Um, is when we are opening up our hearts for God's word, is when we are accepting and saying, yes, God, I have this. Often it's very exciting when you learn something new about God, when God tells you something new. That's that's, That's a good feeling. And God is a God of new things. So that's a constant repetitive thing in our life. We don't all, now I know Jesus, now I know everything. There's a lot of new stuff that we get to learn about God and learn about ourselves and about our relationship with him. And when we have that great feeling or our eyes are open to some new understanding, um, we have the temptation to then let our root grow into that. This is where I'm going to be getting my spiritual energy from now on, is this feeling, is this understanding. Um, I don't know about the rest of you. Uh, my house, some of us, I'm not going to name names, some of us had brownies for breakfast this morning. Brownies are so important. I want to just say that first. Brownies are super important. But what's going to happen when you have brownies for breakfast? You're going to have that great, great high <laughs> from that brownie and that quick, quick crash. Um, I was tempted to grab brownie on my way out the door and realized I'm going to have that crash in the middle of my sermon if I do that. So I made some different choices. The temptation was very real. Um, that emotion uh, with God, that feeling of this new thing that God's working in my life is important. It's more important than brownies. But it's a sugar high. It's that great, great feeling you're going to crash. And if my roots, my spiritual roots of this work that God is doing in my life is connected to that feeling, is connected to my reasoning, and man, my big breakthrough, my big aha moment, that moment is going to pass. That feeling is going to pass. I'm going to be in a new situation that I don't understand. I'm going to die on the vine because my root is in something that is temporary. When we let those roots grow into something deeper, something bigger, something that is not of ourselves, something that is constant, we can continue to grow even when we're not feeling anything. We can continue to grow even when we have a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. If we say that, not if we say, we know that Jesus is the word of God. So that seed, that truth that is coming into us is Jesus' character is Jesus's theology, Jesus's understanding of who Jesus is, of who God is, and we're letting that grow in us. When our 
roots are in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that source, that constant source, that groundwater that doesn't dry up so that I'm continually receiving the nutrients that I need, the water, the life, the energy that I need to continue to grow, to continue to multiply um, in God's presence. Um. And when my roots are in something, or when my roots are in something, when my roots are in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to call it what it is, when my roots are in God, um, I can hold my emotions and my logic in their correct space. Like I said, those things are more important than brownies. Brownies are super important. My emotions, my reasoning, my understanding is more important than that even. But I need to hold it into the, in the correct space. When my roots, my foundation, my life is coming into me from the Holy Spirit, I can hold my emotions, understand them, enjoy them, process them. I can have my reasoning, my logic, my understanding, and let God guide that, let God shape that. I don't want to discount this is getting rid of all of who you are, and now you are just some sort of spiritual plant. That's not what this is. Your emotions, your thoughts are super important. But if they are giving you life, they're going to run out. Our life, our energy, our spiritual food needs to be coming from God. And our roots need to be strong in him so that all these other pieces can fit into place and grow and bloom and be beautiful in God's sight and in our own sight. Amen? Um, if this is something that you have lived, that you understand, like, yeah, I've, I tried to, like, depend on my own. When I was, when I first was starting my relationship with God, I had that sugar high. I crashed. I figured out where I need to be getting my holy sustenance from, my spiritual food from, and yeah, that got me through hard times. That got me through the times where I wasn't feeling that happy, when I had all these worries, when I had all these questions. Um, again, this parable is still for you. You have that knowledge. You have that groundwater. You have that Holy Spirit, that base. There are still parts in your life that are rocky soil. There are still parts in your life, areas of your relationships, areas of uh, your hopes and dreams and for the future and all these different areas where our roots are still shallow. And we can recognize that and surrender that to God and ask him to continue to grow roots in all areas of our life, deep into him in every area. Amen? If you don't know what I'm talking about, that is also okay. Um or if you're unsure, or if um, this is something you feel like God might be calling you into something new. If you don't know what it is to have the Holy Spirit as the source of your entire life, it sounds like a big thing. All you need to do is pray. God is sowing these seeds in your life he wants to give you good water so they can grow. He wants to give you good and constant nutrition so that every part of your life can flourish. All you need to do is ask, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
and maybe ask again today, if you've already prayed that before, pray and ask God to fill you completely with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would be your source for your life. Um, I'm saying source a lot. Uh, I'm going to take us into Portuguese real quick. That source is that spring. You know how, uh, like, our rivers, you guys know this way better than I do. I don't know why I feel like I'm explaining to you. Our rivers come from a source. They come from a spring. They come from the mountains. They come from something that's continually um, flowing forth water, clear, good, pure water. That's the Holy Spirit. So when I'm talking about source, I'm talking about that, that thing that's continually pouring forth good, pure, healthy life into us, strength, peace, patience, perseverance, that stuff that we run out of every single day, he's that source that's pouring that into us every single day. So when we ask God, fill me with your Holy Spirit, I'm saying, I need that. I need that because I don't have enough of it. I'm running out every day, and I need something that's going to be continually pouring into me every single day. Um, If you are praying that for the first time or for the first time in a long time, um, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, there's a bunch of new emotions. There's a bunch of new feelings. And sometimes there's nothing. And both of those experiences are are still God filling you with the Holy Spirit. I would just encourage you to find someone to talk to. That in everything we're going through, that no one's going through this alone. Um, anything that you are praying and asking God to do in your life, share that with your small group. Talk with a Sunday school teacher, with a pastor. And it might just be, hey, I asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit today. That could be the end of the conversation. And that person will probably pray for you, not because you didn't pray the right way the first time, but just as another reminder of you of someone encouraging you, someone supporting you, someone you can go back to with those continued questions and continuing growth and figuring out all that out in your relationship with God. Amen? Um, Matthew 13, 22. The seed falling among the thorns. Oh. Nope. Go back real quick. Real, 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 real quick. Um, <laughs> the rocky, rocky ground. Um, one of the things that Jesus says specifically about the rocky ground is that when those fruits spring up, um, those plants spring up in our emotions and our emotional, our sugar high, um, they're crushed by persecutions. And sometimes those, in those moments of excitement, we make all of our big plans. Oh, man, I love Jesus so much. I want to pray more. I want to read my Bible in a year. I want to go to small group every single week. We have these great big plans, and a couple months later, <laughs> often we don't have persecution from, oh, I just, my friend in school was making fun of me so much that I just gave up. That person in my family was just speaking so much negativity into my life that I just, I just stopped. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's not what I mean to say at all. Um, the reality is that in our culture, in our situation, most of the time that persecution is going to come from me persecuting myself. Me trying to stifle my own relationship with God with those excuses, with those priorities and other things, with those distractions, temptations, and sin, saying, man, another week of small group. Uh, I'm so far behind on my Bible reading plan. I think I'm just going to wait and start again next year. We are our own persecution. We are our own voice that's making these excuses of, 
uh, it's not really making that much of a difference. I made that commitment a couple months ago. I'm not seeing any real change now. It probably doesn't really matter. Um, again, if, you, if that rings any bells with you in any area of your life, just pray. God, I'm recognizing that I have this interest that I've tried and, and given up on a couple different times. I've said a bunch of times that I want to grow closer to you, and I've tried to do my quiet time, and I keep on messing it up. God, I have a lot of roots in what feels good, and in my excitement and my love for you, but that's as far as it goes. God, I need your Holy Spirit. I need these roots to go deep down into you. That those are going to get me through the times of my excuses, of my uh, wanting to think about other things, wanting to focus on other things, wanting to give up on, on my excitement, my love for you. Amen. What were we talking about? Matthew 13, 22. <laughs> the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. This is a soil um, in our lives that is so fertile that anything can grow. <laughs> Weeds, thorns, good seeds, it's all together. <laughs> and sometimes it's really confusing for us because we don't, I mean, we see some fruit, we see some good things coming out of it, but there's also some areas of tension, also some areas of confusion, and there's just this mass that has grown in our life. Um, I, uh, a huge prayer request that I didn't even share with you guys last week or last time because it was so like, out, it was like those peripheral still dreams of the future, um, was in our apartment building, um, we're the second building in from the corner. On the corner, there's another apartment building, but at the first level is this little corner market, um, and there was a family that was running it, and I was trying my hardest to plant some seeds, <laughs> trying my hardest to build, build some relationships, to talk with them, get to know them. And it wasn't working. <laughs> um, but continue to pray over that space, continue to pray over that family. When I, got, when I went back in January, um, they had moved out. They had sold it to another family. And there was this mother and daughter that were working there. And um, I say market. It's a market that sells all sorts of alcohol and cigarettes. I don't know what kind of name there is for that kind of market. Um, but it's that corner, st that corner store. It's open from noon to midnight and doesn't sell any. They probably sell some Kit Kats, I think, maybe, some potato chips, um, and a lot of other things. And um, I was able to kind of make some relationships with this mother and daughter that, that are running it, um, build some friendship with them. The first time that they found out that I was a Christian, um, they got really excited. I was kind of surprised. And they're like, yeah, we're Christian too. We really believe in God. We really, um, we've been praying a lot over that this would go well because it, it's, they want it to become, it's not right now, but they want it to become their source of income um, so that the daughter can, can leave where she's working right now. And they said, whatever God has told you to come say to us, you can say it. We are here to listen. We want to know what God told you to tell us. 
I heard a lot of wows. I felt a wow. <laughs> but I also want us to kind of meditate on that a little bit of what kind of soil that is. That's a soil that's going to take any kind of seed that comes its way. And God's been pouring a lot of good seed in there. <laughs> There's a lot of other seeds that are, have already taken root because it's this, whatever you say to me, I'm going to believe it. But, but, it's whatever you have heard from God, I will receive. We need to be really careful with putting our relationship with God in the hands of other people. Whatever you've heard, come and share with me. But there's no interest in investing in a personal relationship with God. No interest in going to God personally and saying, God, what do you have to say to me? It's just waiting for that prophet to come along with that word that's been specially prepared for my heart. Um, and this... can look a lot of different ways. And, and I think what I, I want to talk about, kind of two different scenarios. This first being this kind of spiritual confusion of all these things that are kind of growing together of, man, I have a lot of faith in that. That pastor that I follow on Facebook and that spiritual coach on Instagram and that psychology expert. And all these things are kind of growing together and creating so much noise that we aren't doing any work at all to let God's voice cut through. That I'm just allowing all of these things to grow together. Um, and that's kind of a, a spiritual situation where I think we know in reality it's kind of a different thing where it's all sorts of all the voices from work and busyness and worries. Um, and all of these things are taking so much space in our brains and the podcast I listen to on my way to work, and the Netflix sh show that I'm hooked on right now, and all of those thoughts are in our head all the time, and we're giving it all of our best soil and letting it grow as big as it wants to be, and still that voice of God is not cutting through just because there's so, so much stuff. Um, and the... I don't know if you guys remember, it was a few years ago. Um, Gene Shandorf preached on this message. I think it was like his first Sunday here um, when he was interim pastor here a few years ago. And one of the things that really, really stuck out to me when he preached on this passage was you can't grow roses if you only really love roses. I love roses. I want to see them grow because I think they're so pretty and they smell so good. And I'm just going to roses, 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 roses. I'm going to have a problem. And what he said to us was you can only grow roses if you hate weeds. It's not just a love. It's not just a man. I want it all. Because there's things that are going to come up together with those roses. And we need to have he used the word hate, but we need to have a hatred towards anything that's going to slow or stop the growth of God's word in my life. It's not enough to just, man, I love God's word. I love God's word. I love God's word. Other things are going to be trying to grow up with that. We need to learn how to identify them and chop them down. 
And it's not us. Don't go through your life hacking a bunch of pieces off because God wants, God is the master gardener. God is the one who wants to come in and help us with that pruning, help us with cutting some, making some space for his voice to cut through directly to our hearts, whatever it is that he wants to say to us. Um, If you think that you might have something in your life that's taking up too much space, uh, that's where fasting is just your best friend. And we don't like fasting. We don't talk. I, I, I think I hear us talking about it more. But if you just fast social media one day a week, you think, man, I couldn't. I get, I get home from work. I'm so tired. I just, I need to watch my show for 30 minutes. Fast it one day a week. I, I just couldn't give that up. I couldn't give up. I just, I just, it's not a bad thing. There's nothing bad. It's just whatever those little habits are, you just cut it out a little bit. Maybe you fasted a whole week just to see what God might do. And maybe that's a habit, a pattern that God's calling you to for pruning purposes so that his voice can cut through more often. And he might ask you to give that thing up completely. He might ask you to just keep walking in obedience. One day a week, give it up. Just see what happens. Um, some of you are thinking, yeah, the, except the thing that takes up the most space in my mind is my three-year-old. I don't know how to fast my three-year-old is my boss. I wish I could fast my boss one day a week. I, that would be great. <laughs> um, we have so much God-given creativity. I am shocked every year when I hear about the new ways that my parents are protecting their tulips from the deer. It is new. It is creative. It is imaginative. It is always something different. We can have that same creativity with our own hearts, with our own minds. Man, my three-year-old is taking 24 hours every single day. Yeah, maybe you pray about it. You can't fast. You cannot fast your three-year-old. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. But something else. Figure out something else that's going to be able to let God's voice cut through to your heart. It's going to give you some time, give you some space. It's going to be inconvenient. I'm going to need to ask for some help. Someone might need to babysit for a little bit. I might need to have some conversations with my spouse that we haven't had before. That's all part of the process. And that's all part of what God wants to do to grow great things in in our lives. And when we think about um, God's growth, can you tell me what just that next slide is going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Growth in my heart, it's got to be organized. God is organized. We're going to have these nice and neat rows and columns. What if it wasn't? What if it's this beautiful meadow? What if it's this beautiful paradise? And it doesn't need to be perfect because when we think it needs to be perfect, we're really quick to give up on it because it can't be. But in all of this, remembering those steps, I need to be focusing on God's word and I need to be meditating on it. I can't just be a one and done thing. I've got to give it space to really dig into my heart and make some room. I have got to be connected to the Holy Spirit. I've got to have some good, strong roots. I don't right now, but I'm going to be praying for it. I'm going to be asking for it. I'm going to be watching for it and seeing what God's going to be doing in my life. And I need some wise pruning. 
not by my own understanding, not by what I think I need to get rid of or add into, but prayerfully going before God, asking him to give me faith and obedience that I will let him prune areas of my life and speak more clearly in a way that I can hear it. Um, man, we are just out of time. Can you guys give me just a couple more minutes? Is that okay? Um, someone say no. That would be awesome. God bless you. That person is dismissed. We don't, I don't want to take up your, That's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. Um, I think, go, go to the next slide. Uh, this is our church in Argentina. Um, uh, one of those things that, one of the things that's been called to my attention, that I've been kind of paying attention to, missionaries have the tendency to kind of talk about, like, things that happened at the beginning of their ministry. You don't hear a lot all the times of, like, and you think, like, oh, man, this happened, like, last week. And then they start to tell the story more and more, and you're realizing, like, oh, no, that was, like, that was, like, 2010. Okay. Just, like, okay, we're on the same page. Um, part of that is because I live so many stories, and I have, a, this is a personal, this is a problem. This is not a God thing. This is a Brooke thing. Um, I know how disappointed I get when I'm invested in a person, and I've been pouring into that person, and after a while, they walk away. After a while, they, they give up. And that's hard on my heart, and that's a hard thing for me to share with other people. And so there's a hesitancy in me that, I, that God is working on in being willing to share the half-told stories, the stories that I don't, I don't know where they're going to be. You can check in in a couple months, and I might not have a good ending for you. Um, but also, we get to look back, and, you know, this is, what, 20 years ago when I started ministering? No, the, uh, my ministry. This was seven years ago, I think. Um, because that seed takes time, looking back and seeing, man, it looked like that problem was never going to get solved, and seeing over years and years the amazing thing that, things that God has done. Um, so I want to tell two stories with this picture. The first is we bought this property, and it's a house, just a house. And um, we bought it with the idea of there was like a living room and a kitchen. We're going to break down that wall, take it out. We're going to have this sanctuary space for our, for our church. Um, great, worked out great. We bought it. In the process of buying it, realized, found out this crazy story that these were kids that had grown up in this house, but they were trying to sell it for cheap and quick, which I always tell you there's, there's weird stuff going on. Um, and uh, their mom had been living on her own. None of them had had contact with her for so long that... I don't, I don't know if this, is, if this is too sensitive. I don't know if we have kids in here. But um, after she passed away, it was months before they realized that she had passed away in that house. Um, and it was, as we started to kind of hear more stories about the family life, about neighbors, it was just fights all the time um, with this lady, with her kids, with the neighbors. It was just a negative space. Um, and as you can imagine, a really dark, heavy spiritual space. And so... We had some interesting spiritual experiences moving in with a whole lot of light and a whole lot of God, and um, it was a lot of, of praying and anointing, um, and God's real quick. When you give him some space, he's real quick to kick out any darkness that's in you, any lies, any death that's in you. It, 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 it gets gone pretty quick. Um, 
so we're doing ministry in this house. Uh, we're having our church services there for, I think, a couple months already. Maybe even longer. Maybe it was, it was about six months to a year. Um, and as season started changing, you can see there's a lot of greenery. This is just the space behind. So this is kind of like their yard, which then just became a space behind the church. A lot of trees, um, a lot of plants. And there was this one peach tree that started, as this peaches started to grow, they were just sour on the vine. Like they were rotten on the tree. And it's this huge tree. So as the rotten ones on the tree are falling onto the cement, the church just smelled, sorry, the church just smelled so bad all the time. We tried to clean it up, but they were literally rotting on the tree. It was something we could not get ahead of. It was super weird. Um, And we, soon after that, we're like, we need the space anyways. Let's get rid of this tree. So we, we chopped it down, cut it up, got rid of it. As we're hauling it out, and the neighbor comes by. I'm like, hey, I saw that you, why are you taking that peach tree out? I'm like, D- have you not noticed? <laughs> have you, no, he's like, no, no. Uh, I-, I noticed because uh, I've lived in this house for 15 years. That's the first time I've ever seen a peach grow on that tree. And what we realized was just the death, the spiritual death that was in that house was keeping the tree from giving fruit. Death was released. Things were moved out. God and life had moved in. The tree started to give fruit. We were uncomfortable. (laughs) And we dropped it down before even realizing this miracle tree that we had on our hands. And how often, God has just been bringing that that story back to my mind so many times the past year, of how often we're quick quick to do that in our own lives and with other people. Because we don't recognize, we just see mess. We just see, what is wrong with this situation? I'm trying. I think I'm doing the right things, but it's just messy. And we think that that's a problem, not realizing that mess is new life, that is still just figuring itself out, and that that process takes time. And it can even look like death when it starts. It just needs time. It just needs more and more life, more and more love, more and more growth. And these incredible things are going to come out, things that we can't explain with our experience, things that are so supernatural, so beyond our expectation, if we continue to invest, if we continue to bring life into those spaces, if we continue to let God bring life into our hearts, things that we thought were way gone, way rotted out, way beyond repair, are going to bring forth life, are going to bring forth sweet, sweet fruit. Um, the other story with this picture is that one of the men that we baptized, this this was a, a baptism service in a little kiddie pool. It was a little weirder than we thought it was going to be <laughs> once we figured out the logistics, but it worked. Um, one of the men that we baptized on this day um, was actually, it was a really similar story to the one we're seeing with Ronnie and Eliani that I shared with you at the beginning, uh, except just in like a worse situation where this man married to, recently married, um, Sorry, they weren't even married. They were recently living together. We're going to have a baby together um, with this woman who had this um, church background, but he was like the atheist of atheists. He wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church, nothing, anything. Uh, And over a lot of time, started to come curious, let that seed have more and more contact with his heart. 
started to let things actually in, and God just did this huge transformation. Um, for us living through it, I was like, this is a lost cause. We've been praying for this guy for months. Nothing is happening. Um, seven years later, not only is he and his wife are both pastors, they're both serving as missionaries in Colombia. From a situation that we thought, we've been praying for this guy for months and nothing's, nothing's going on. But when we have that time and we continue to invest, continue to pray in others, in our own, God does crazy things that we cannot expect, cannot even put into words when we're seeing it start out. Um, again, this parable is not about other people. This parable is about you and the crazy, crazy stuff that God has done and is doing and will continue to do in your life. The more that we let him get his hands dirty in our messy hearts and create new life. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray to close out. God, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your patience with us. Um, and we thank you for your goodness that all of the beautiful, wonderful qualities that we see in you, you have the desire to create in us, God. I pray that we would have hearts that desire that, that desire to be transformed by your presence, changed day after day, that we would develop your character, that we would develop your heart, your love for others, God, and that we would just continue to see these incredible fruits bloom inside of us to your glory, Lord. Uh, I pray that in that process, that we would not try to take control, that we would not give up, that we would not walk away, that we would not try to do things in our own understanding or based on our own emotions, Lord, but that we would have deep, deep roots into you, into your word, that we would feel the support of our church family as we're all walking through this together, Lord, that we would never, ever let this be about, man, that other person needed to hear this message, that other person, I hope they're listening, that we would be listening to you, God, in every moment, every day, hearing everything that you have for us and letting it grow in us, God. We thank you, we praise you, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Thank you for joining us on the First Mass Podcast. We love to see you in person next Sunday. So come and join us at 1700 8th Street in Lewiston.